0: The letting go doesn't happen, in my experience, just because you've done everything you can. The letting go has to be that choice where you suddenly realize that tightness that you talked about Mm. is not working. It's Mm. not working for you. It's not working for the company. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's making your relationship with the founder probably tense. Mm. And it actually just takes that moment of, it it takes a moment of awareness to go, this is not serving anyone. The way I'm, the way I am being, mm. the the tension that I'm bringing to this situation is not serving anyone.
2: Which is ironic because, because the language that you're using internally, or that one uses, because I, because I think a lot of people will resonate with this. The language that one is using is, I'm doing everything I can for yep. you, for the yep. other. Yeah which ironically is actually not the thing that they need.
0: Exactly right. I mean, if you're honest with yourself, if I'm honest with myself, and this is that moment of awareness I keep having to come to, yeah, it's that wake up to go, This is that's just a freaking manipulation. Like, I'm actually not serving them. I'm somehow just serving my own vanity or my own, you know,
2: Well, you're, 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 you're quieting the fear that you're not, that you're not good enough.
3: Welcome to the reboot podcast. Welcome again to the reboot podcast. I am Dan Putt. So today I'm doing this a little differently. Normally I'm speaking to you, um, yes, from a personal story and yes, from my heart, but it's a carefully crafted script that I've had my colleagues review and have spent some time writing. And I, I work so hard on perfecting this script because I, I feel like it has to be perfect. I feel like I'm really, um, even in a small way, my introduction is in some ways representing Reboot. But even more so, I feel like this is my opportunity to not only connect with you, the listeners, but perhaps give you new opportunities to connect to the content in different ways. And the probably the loudest voice that runs through my head as I approach these introductions is, this has to be perfect. But today I'm trying this a little different. I'm not only doing this in one take, could you tell, but I'm also just really speaking from the heart. And as I thought about doing this and thought about sort of my resistance around this, uh, I played an evil coaching trick on myself. And I asked myself the question, what if what if your daughter had come to you with this sort of challenge or this hesitation or this fear of needing to be perfect? What might you say to her? And I'd tell her to let go. Let go of needing to be perfect. Let go of having to do it right all the time. Let go of of all that pressure you put on yourself and just see what happens. There's been so many moments in my life where I could feel myself clenching up only to find some way within to let go and just see where, where I ultimately end up or what I ultimately say. And it's always served me. Even when it doesn't work right, I still learn and I still grow. In today's podcast, our guest comes on uh, with Jerry facing this very same challenge. Simon Kant is the co-founder of Reinventure, an Australian-based venture firm. And he's had this recurring cycle in his life of releasing and tightening. The tightening often comes right as he finds himself sort of climbing up this mountain of challenges and getting up to where he's always wanted to be only to find himself backing off instead of plunging into what's next. Tighten, release. Tighten, release. But he's found a new way to break this cycle. After attending uh, one of our reboot uh, VC boot camps uh, here in Colorado, he found a new way to kind of punch through this, this, this process and to really find an antidote to the fear of holding back. And he asks himself the question, What if the way through the tightening is actually surrender? And how might this help him be a better investor and a better board member? I'm Rory Sterling. I'm a founding partner here at BGF Ventures. We're based in London and we're a 200 million pound early stage venture fund. I would recommend... Uh, reboot bootcamp, hands down. I, if you're on the edge and thinking about it, I would just do it. You'll you won't regret it for a second. I think my key my key reflection from the bootcamp weekend is that you can't remove from the work that we do on a daily basis is, is incredibly human. So it's not sitting in front of a computer. You know we are we are interacting with founders and with teams and making decisions that impact people's lives. So it is uh, imperative, and it and it, it's your responsibility to invest in yourself if you care about the companies that you invest in to make that dynamic successful.
0: We have only five spots
1: remaining for our next VC Bootcamp in January 2018. Become the best investor, board member, and supporter you can be. Sign up now
3: at reboot.io slash VCbootcamp.
2: Hey, Simon, it's so great to see you and thank you for coming on uh, the podcast.
0: My pleasure, Jerry. It's uh, it's it's very exciting to, to be here and speaking to you again.
2: Why don't we just take a minute and introduce yourself uh, to the listeners and, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, your life and who you are and all that.
0: Sure. Um, so I'm a partner with a VC fund in Australia called Reinventure. Um, and we are now a $100 million fund investing in um, A lot of the investments of fintech, Um, some are related to financial services. Mm. Um, And that's because our primary LP is uh, the second largest bank in Australia, Westpac.
2: But that, of course, isn't necessarily what we first connected on.
0: No, that's not what we connected on.
2: (laughs) So there's been this profound uh, journey over these last 10, 15 years. Yeah that, um, not to be too prosaic about it, but landed you in Longmont, Colorado at the Reboot Bootcamp. And along the way, there's been this sort of movement of tightening up and loosening up and tightening up and loosening up. Yeah. And there's a corollary structure associated with it, which, which I think you speak about in this beautiful medium post called Grace, VC, and Surrender, where uh, learning to work with the desire to control, mm. because that wise person who said to you, you can't heal the world, you know, the dark side of wishing to heal the world is a wish to control the world. Yeah. Right. Because I want to control it for a benevolent reason, right? Because I want to make it better, right? But it's, at, it's an aspect of it. And learning to surrender, as you so eloquently put it in this material. And there's this, if, I, if I'm catching it right, there's been this beautiful movement, not beautiful to experience, challenging mm-hmm. to experience, but a beautiful mm-hmm. movement of tightening up and then surrendering. And tightening up and surrendering. And it in some ways has mapped quite lovely, in a lovely way with your career. So I'm going to tighten up and I'm going to be a very successful VC. And then all of a sudden it's going to blow up and then I'm going to surrender. And then I'm going to tighten up and I'm going to be a successful VC about disrupting and shifting control. And then all of a sudden that's actually not working for me anymore. Yeah. You're smiling because, because you tell, tell me their reaction.
0: Oh, well, I'm smiling partly because here my sort of telling corporates about their control instincts. And, you know, the journey that I've been on is coming to terms with my own control instincts. Yeah. As you sort of, <laughs> as you sort of yeah. Uh, yeah. it out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and, and VCs that awesome work where, um, You don't actually know, firstly, whether you're doing a good job or whether you're doing a terrible job for many years.
2: Many years. Seven, 10 years. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm
2: -hmm. Fred Wilson and I still have an investment in a company. It's 19 years now.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you you don't know whether you're doing a good job or not Mm -hmm. is the first thing. And, And secondly... There is this sense of, there's a, a kind of illusion that maybe you have an influence on the um, companies that you're working with. You know, maybe you can make them successful, um, but uh, it's, who knows how true that is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. every day we turn up, we work with these businesses. Um, ultimately, they're businesses that are led by CEOs who are and founders who are putting their lives into these things, and we are, by comparison, tourists on that journey. Mm-hmm. And yet, we like to think we talk to founders about how we think we can make a difference. We hope we can make a difference. Who knows? Who knows whether we can? But I guess what I've noticed is that because you don't know how things are going, you, you, I, I tend to imbibe all of the tension of. of is this working or is this not working? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this going to be a disaster or, you know, or what do I need to do differently to make it successful? And um, that I realize taking all of that tension on and, and believing that I have the control to make it true or not true is, is a problem.
2: What's the, what's the benefit to you to take it all on? What's the psychic benefit to you?
0: I think that well, the psychic benefit of of taking it all on is that sense of, it's that sense of I did everything I I could. Like if I needed to answer to anyone, I've done everything I could, and, um, and 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 so feeling that you've done everything you could is about really taking on as much responsibility, sort of emotionally and mentally, in some ways, as as um as you feel you have capacity. Well, as you can actually
2: so so imagine if you will simon you can say out loud i've done everything that i could do yeah what is the benefit to you to being able to say that
0: um i think that well <laughs> Uh, I think the benefit of it is, um, yeah, I, look, to be honest, I think there is a, I don't know. It's really difficult to describe actually, <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, there is definitely an emotional payoff there Yeah, in me to say I've okay. done everything I could. It's like, there's a kind of ha- My hands are clean.
2: My hands are clean. Um, it, I, I did everything the, I could.
0: The, don't, don't point that. Don't point that stick of blame at me. It's avoiding the the, the stick of blame. That's what the I. The finger. Thought. Yeah. Pointed. It's avoiding right. that finger being pointed, saying, "You let this, you let this screw up." Right. It was on your watch.
2: Yeah, it was on your watch, and you dropped it. You failed. Well, I did the best I yeah. could. You yeah. failed. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I want to bring your attention to something, and you know, if we can go there, I think it would be really helpful there's almost like this breath like movement to surrender and control to tightness and looseness. And like, if we're only recording the audio here, but if you can see my hands, there's like, there's like the fingers, I'm bridging the fingers and they're moving in and out like lungs breathing in and out. And I've done everything I can is a kind of tightness. And so, therefore, I get to hang up my hands and say, and I can let go. Does this, does this movement resonate
0: with you? Uh, yes, it does. It does. Um, except the letting go, the letting go doesn't happen. In my experience, just because you've done everything you can. The letting go has to be that choice where you suddenly realize that tightness that you talked about Mm. is not working. It's Mm. not working for you. It's not working for the company. Mm. It's making your relationship with the founder probably tense. Mm. And it actually just takes that moment of it takes a it takes a moment of awareness to go, this is not serving anyone. The way I'm, the way I am being the the tension that i'm bringing to this situation is not serving anyone
2: which is ironic because because the language that you're using internally or that one uses cuz i cuz i think a lot of people will resonate with this the language that one is using is i'm doing everything i can for yep. you for the yep. other yeah which ironically is actually not the thing that they need
0: exactly right i mean if you're honest with yourself if i'm honest with myself and this is that moment of awareness i keep having to come to yeah it's that wake up to go this is that's just a freaking manipulation yeah. like i'm actually not serving them i'm somehow just serving my own vanity or my own you know
2: well you're 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 quieting the fear that you're not that you're not good enough
0: yeah yeah exactly it's actually it's a much deeper manipulation that's why it's so hard to be aware of yeah that yeah. that it's a it's actually not just that transparent one it's 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 serving my own very deep anxieties mm. um but it's not really serving me in that kind of higher sense and it's definitely not serving the founders right no. so because what you know i my my experience is that what serves founders best is actually when you can really hold a vision for how they can be at their best mm. continue to see them in that way mm. and support them to be in that way and it doesn't mean you're not going to have negotiations and haggles and have to have boundaries but you know if i can if i can be in that state where i have belief in them and and i have trust that however it unfolds is gonna it's gonna be the the best outcome for for us all Mm. um then i think we're all i'm at least serving them as well as i can really Mm.
2: and when you when you connect with what i would call that gift of surrendering yeah how does that feel
0: um, it's it's the big breath in it's a mm-hmm. it's a i think you call it a parasympathetic reset <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah yeah it's a it's a moment of it, it feels like a big moment of um, it it's 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 a relief it's a huge relief um and it is a, is a sort of coming to peace, which is also a really great place to be. And it's um, an opening to joy. Suddenly there's more enjoyment in, in the whole experience.
2: So I was going to say the gift of surrender becomes the joy of surrender.
0: Yeah, absolutely it does.
2: And then all of a sudden you, you enter into partnership with the people that you've invested in.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. It, I, I say that you know that's that's the that's the good side. You know, going through the um, <laughs> going through the eye of the needle is not always, um, I think, a good experience. You know, I think it depends what it takes to give you that moment of self awareness, mm-hmm. and sometimes it actually takes quite a bit of pain and agony to go, "Wow, I, this is this is really not." What I'm, um, you know, um, in the words of talking heads, this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> this is yeah. not my beautiful life. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it can be quite painful to be there. You
2: know that the, uh, you're familiar because having been to the camp, you know that we work with this phrase radical self inquiry a lot. And part of why it's radical is that it's so rarely done. And the reason it's so rarely done is that it's painful, yeah, it's yeah. painful to
0: look in that mirror. yeah, I think it is painful. I think it's I think it's also I mean you know, I was reflecting before before we spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I mean, this is probably true in business generally, but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of front. In all business, right? There's a lot of looking looking okay. I'm I'm good. I'm all good. Business is all good. It's all awesome. crushing it. we're going great. Well, I'm yeah. crushing it. I'm freaking crushing it. And those inauthentic conversations are the norm. Mm-hmm. And they set a standard of Well uh, play that you know, everyone needs to play that game, or <laughs> why what's wrong with you? Why aren't you playing that game? And um, I, you know, I think one of the beautiful things about about venture and probably venture over the last ten years. I mean, when I was doing it in two thousand, there weren't people um, like Fred and Brad blogging mm. about the shit that they were going through and what wasn't working, mm. um, and there wasn't there weren't the reboots. Um, and I think that venture is, is, is by nature one of those places where um, new things can grow. And part of what grows um, in venture are new cultures and new ways of being. Combine that with the aspect that, you know, when you actually are working with an entrepreneur and you're really, you know, I think when you've been in, involved in a startup, either as a funder or, or right on the ground. I think you can avoid this as a funder, but if you're hopefully able to be real as a funder and you're, you're in the, you're trying to get into the pit with them and you will end up in the pit with them anyway. Like, I mean, if you try as a funder to sort of stand outside of the pit and pretend that you're not going to get hit by any of the mud that's being flung, you're kidding yourself. You know, something will blow up eventually. Um, so shit does get real in venture. And it's a great opportunity for people to have a different way of being together. And I think that that's starting to emerge. But I still see around our venture community in Australia, and I'm sure it's probably still true in a lot of places in the US where it's this, it's still this, okay, everything's awesome. And, uh, you know, that's the you know, I I think that becomes a prison for everyone. So, (laughs) yeah,
2: well, I, I I can, I, I, I have a firm belief that, uh, and one of the reasons why we've begun focusing strongly on the venture community as a, a place for reboot to sort of do some of its work. I have a belief that we can influence the entire ecosystem By bringing this kind of dialogue and conversation um, to the different pockets within the industry. And uh, here's my narcissistic reason why it's so important. As I once said at another boot camp, I'm just trying to retroactively go back in time and save my 38-year-old self from the pain that I suffered. And, yeah. you know, the fact that I know that there's a joy, even within the pain of living in a way in which your inner side, your inside matches the outside. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a liberation. I know that there's a, there's a deep, constant release of breath. I'm a mess and it's okay. I'm great and it's okay.
0: Yeah,
2: It's like, it's okay. I know that from my own experience. And, uh, I feel joy when I see people like you, um, being able to manifest that in your own person, in your relationships with your portfolio companies and your relationship with your partner. Uh, it means that uh, we've done something.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, I think as I said in the blog, like I'd I'd love to say that I manifest that in my relationships, in all my relationships with those guys. But it is, as you pointed out earlier, it's that constant tightening up, breaking out of it. Like, you know, tightening up and then having that flash of awareness and going. Yeah. (laughs) I know. We're there again, you know. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I do. I try as much as I can now to, you know, try to build some practices into my life to try and bring me to that point, back to that point on a daily basis as much as possible. But you know, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of awesome salesmen in our industry, and you know, I think salesmen are often. You know, and there's a lot of pressure to be an awesome salesman. And I think you know, VCs have to be salesmen just as much as founders. You know, once you're once you're invested, um, you need this business to work, just like the founder needs this business to work. And it's your job to to get the you know the customers to buy into the vision, to get new VCs to buy into the vision potentially. You know, so we're all we're all salesmen at some level.
2: Well, I, I have two responses that I would share with you. The first is um, to be gentle with yourself, my friend. Okay? Be gentle. Because there's an old notion within Buddhist meditation practice, which is that one moment of wakefulness is worth a year of sleepfulness. <laughs> Right, if you spend an entire 20 minute meditation session obsessively focusing on what a rotten person your partner is, only to wake up in the (laughs) last 30 seconds and realize that what you've just been doing, congratulations, you've had a really awesome meditation session. Okay, we don't practice awareness so that we're aware constantly, we practice awareness so that we can come back to it again and again and again and again. That's why it's called a practice. It's that movement in and out, right? That is the human condition. That's thing one. Thing two, with regard to to the salesman, I recognize that you have LPs, I recognize that you have an assumed responsibility for generating a return on investment. You have a hard but simple job. Your job is to take a dollar and to turn it into two. It's it's easy to explain. It's very hard to do on a consistent basis. But that's your job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So remember the warrior stance. Okay. The warrior stance is a strong back. And open heart. So it's not, I think one of the uh, traps you may be working with is the belief that to be successful, I need to be salesy. And that is in opposition to being authentic. And all I would offer is just like the warrior stance has both a strong back and an open heart. A good investor can be salesy and authentic. Yeah. Because the best salesperson is real. Yeah, totally. True. Right. I used to say, working with Fred, I used to say that I want us to succeed. Because we're known as the best investors to work with. Intellectually and spiritually and psychically, right? Emotionally. Yeah. And there's a method to that madness, which is, and if people perceive us that way, then we're going to get the best deal flow. And if you get the best deal flow, then you have a greater chance of succeeding. Yeah. So it makes business logic. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely.
2: Does that resonate?
0: yeah it totally does um because you're right i mean th- there's there's not a there's not a good bad you know a simple good bad model here um, you know sales is sales is one of those awesome things in life you know it's like singing right i mean It's a performance and it's beauty, and it's to hear someone articulate something in a way that just makes your heart open and your mind go, Wow, that's awesome. That's right. That's a gift and it's a beautiful thing. And it's not a lie. I mean, there may be parts that have, you know, there there may be parts that are at times, but it doesn't have to be. That's right. You know, beautiful communication. Is a is a gift, and um, and having people fall in love with a vision is an awesome gift, and, and is absolutely to be celebrated. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's just um, it's just walking that beautiful balance always between um, really loving the that that art of inspiration and sales and communication. And also finding those places to go into conflict, to go into the negative stuff, to go into the, the murky bits, the mucky bits, and go, how can we make that
3: a beautiful experience as well? <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right. And I, I, I just want to say, I love your, your analogy to uh, performance. There are performances that are shallow, superficial, and meaningless. And there are performances yeah. where where you know you turn a corner and you're in a coffee shop and you hear someone playing a guitar which I know you play and it breaks your heart open. Yeah. And you have no idea who this musician is. You have no idea, but there's that moment in time and um both are performances.
0: Yeah.
2: But but one marries that authentic presence and heart. And yeah. the irony is that you as an investor can approach it with that same desire, that same wish to, to perform. Yeah. And yeah, I, th- I think that makes one a better investor and a better board member, a better friend, a better lover. Yeah. A better yeah. father, a better son, a better brother, a just a better
0: human. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean it's that it's it's that whole beautiful uh, uh you know <laughs> I I was about to say I hate to be a hippie about it, but as you know You can't be too hippy for Jared. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know.
0: But it's that notion of inspiration, right? It's about inspiration it's in you know it's inspiration in music it's inspiration in sales it's inspiration in being a founder it's in inspiration in being investor when you're talking to lps and you know i think if you can really go into that what's at the heart of inspiration which is you know bringing the spirit into it and bringing that 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 element that actually does connect right into people's hearts that doesn't just stay at that more shallow level, then that's when you can really make shit happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think.
2: I think it I think it's beautifully said, as always. Well, I, I wanna thank you so much for taking the time for this conversation. You know, uh we're we're speaking across the international dateline and in many time zones and uh, <laughs> but uh um and and from your lips to God's ears we'll we'll bring a reboot boot camp to Australia. Um so I'm saying that to manifest it in the world cuz you know as I said yep. before I've always wanted to visit ever since I was 16 and I dated a young girl who lived in Hobart Tasmania so someday I'll be back to Hobart uh, yeah or go be there for the first time so
0: Yeah no you'll you'll love it you'll yeah. love it it's yeah. a it's an amazing place it's a very uh it's uh it's a very mystical land in many ways. Mm. It's an element of Australia that people don't always see. So mm. I will try and introduce that to you when you come down. You
2: got it. You got it. Well again Simon, thank you so much for joining me in the call and and sharing a bit of what your journey has been like and thank you too for for joining us at the boot camp and and writing such a beautiful piece. It it was really a joy to read and I appreciate you taking the time. So
0: Thank you, Jerry. It's been a pleasure to, to be on talking to you again.
2: It's raining here in New York right now as I record this. I've come for one of my regular visits. I love in New York, springtime rain. Despite this, and because of this podcast, I'm also back in Colorado, in Longmont, at Bradfeld's carriage house where we held the most recent VC boot camp. I'm on the first floor. We've just finished our second intense day. People are laying around, resting, sprawled across couches, journaling. I hear a guitar. I love guitars. And I hear someone singing. I wander upstairs to discover Simon Kent punctuating the day with a song, with his heart. A few folks are gathered around, smiling. An hour before, they'd been in tears.
3: Ah, I say
2: to myself, here's a magician. I knew all along when doing this conversation with Simon that I'd want you to all to get a glimpse of this side of the hard-nosed investor from down under. Enjoy his song. Here's Sweet Release by Simon Kent. ¶¶
1: street, lump in my throat rising, why must this be, feelings have gone on too long for me, I look for the light, imagine the worst as I drift through the night, plan a revenge that I don't have. to deliver.
3: hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a rating on iTunes. Your rating is the single most effective way for new listeners to find and enjoy the show. You can also get all Reboot podcast episodes by signing up at reboot.io slash sign up. There's a link for that in our show notes. I am Dan Putt from Reboot, and you've been listening to the Reboot podcast. Thanks for joining.
1: How long till my soul gets it right?
2: us understand you better reboot has developed a quick five-minute survey to get to know you our audience
3: visit reboot.io forward slash survey to let us know what you think thanks for taking part